I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, featuring another conversation from the West Edge Design Fair's first edition in Dallas, Texas, from September 2022. This conversation is about wellness and design and features a strong panel covering ideas to consider right now for the near future and long-term applications. The concept of healthy design is a constantly evolving idea, right? As a new technology comes to market and the ideas behind living healthy change, it's it's a moving target. It's constantly in flux. In years past, it was low off-gassing materials and VOC paints, then sleep chambers crafted for a high-quality sleeping experience. As the pandemic continues to change the way we live, so has the idea that defines what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. Crafting luxury living both inside and out has become a universal goal to capture as much usable space while exploring ways to make that space perform in in new ways, forms, and functions. This conversation featuring Shelley Rosenberg, Philip Vanderford, and Christina Garcia, moderated by Brenda Houston, covers that and more. You're going to hear all about it right after this. For over two years now, you have heard about my partnership with Thermosol. So you know that I have extremely high standards for Convo by Design partnerships. Thermosol is an extraordinary partner because there is this rare combination of intuitive design with exceptional performance. They have state-of-the-art facilities located in Round Rock, Texas, and a company that's about to celebrate 65 years offering excellence in form and function. The Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series presented by Thermosol is a programming feature that regularly showcases remarkable design talent and how they do what they do and the manner in which they do it, allowing designers to emulate successful strategies and make smarter clients who know what questions for of top professionals. If you want to understand more about this company and their history, please check the show notes for the link to episode 221 with Thermosol third generation CEO Mitch Altman. He explains the history behind the company and really that's what makes this company so special. Combine that with the cutting-edge technology, their world-class domestic facilities, and you have a company delivering predictable elegance upon which you can rely. And nowadays, how important is that? Thermosol.com. I am here today um, to be moderator on this wellness panel. Very briefly, I'm a furniture designer. I started off working in organic materials, agate tables, large pieces of quartz, Um, Everything I do is within the organic realm of minerals. And then I also have a uh, wall covering collection, wall coveting, which is done with sustainable product, grass cloth, jute, um, recycled papers. So I will now, I'm very thrilled to be a part of this panel discussion and want to introduce our designers to you, Shelly, Philip, and Christina. And let's kick it off by um, introducing you, having you each introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about your firm. 
Thank you. Hi, I'm Shelley Rosenberg, and I um, have a company called Acorn and Oak, and I focus on sensory design. So looking at design as the, a way that we experience it through our senses, kind of that total experience um, through our, what we see, of course, um, but also what we hear, um, what we touch, really looking at all the different aspects of home and health in a way that I think is a little bit new, a little deeper, and one that connects with neuroscience and psychology, and it's really been really a fun experience to learn all these new ways of looking at interiors. Philip. Cool. Um, I'm Philip Vanderford, and I have um, Studio Thomas James, and we're primarily a residential interior design firm here based out of Dallas. And um, one thing that we've gotten into in the last couple of years is particularly going through the pandemic, we've been creating a lot of our own product just out of necessity. And so through that experience of like kind of creating our own things and building up a lot of product here locally, we've become a lot more aware about materials, what goes into something, what's required to make it, the positives, the negatives, um, the whole idea of like, are we bringing something in or, you know, are we going to resource it locally? So I feel like we've become a lot more aware in our firm, you know, kind of about um, materials just through that process of actually producing items. So that's kind of been eye-opening and kind of changed the way we look at, look at things. Nice. And Christina? My name is Christina Garcia, and my company is called Layered Dimensions Interior Design. And Layered Dimensions was kind of formulated on the foundation of simply a holistic design approach. Um, you know, I think the home is physically built in layers, and I also think that the design in um, the home or for any residence is also done in different layers. So um, when we are designing homes, we very much think about the functionality. We think about who's using the space. We work with the architects, the builders, um, thinking about how each of the spaces is going to be utilized. And then we do um, construction documents to design the homes. And um, we really enjoy doing the full scope project. So everything from the beginning architecture stage all the way to the furniture, art, accessories, um, and so forth. But it's um, very much a cohesive design process that can take several years, um, which is a fun thing for us. So wellness, wellness and design. You know, pre-COVID, I would say to you, I would come home from work and my home was my sanctuary. I had all my accessories and everything around me. It was constantly changing and and in, a constant evolution of design. Post-COVID, because I'm now working from home all the time, the challenge became, how, how do I feel in this home where sometimes I'm stuck 24-7? You know, I want it to be serene. I want it to be calm. I want it to be tranquil. I want it to have a balance so that when I'm working in the office, which I have a designated section, it feels like work, but when I leave that office and I'm still in my home, how does that make me feel as well? And then adding into that smart homes and all of the technology that's happening and how that comes into play with wellness, which for me originally, I would have said to all of you, I don't know that it does. I've now been living in a smart home for about a month 
and everything is so um, easy and convenient that it makes me just feel really calm. I mean, a chime goes off at the house I'm staying in and it says, your mail is in the mailbox. <laughs> Someone is at the front door. So everything is kind of done for me. The lights are coming on during the evening. They shut off in the morning before I wake up. The temperatures are all controlled. Things I don't have to think about anymore because I am concentrating on work. So Shelly, I know that you have a personal passion about wellness and I'd love for you to expand on that and talk about it and you know why you feel so strongly that wellness is now more than ever super important. Sure, yes. Um, so I have three children and all of them have various disabilities. So I learned very quickly that that was a, a path in life that I am already living and decided to really realign my design business with people that have extra challenges in life. And um, talking about smart home technology, there's also care technology too that is a part of the smart home technology that is making a huge difference for a lot of my clients. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you said, there's all of this incredible technology that not only takes a lot of the stressors away um, from being out in the world during the day, we come home, we want that feeling of sanctuary and ease. And so a lot of these um, programs, they can anticipate our needs, they're pre-programmed, um, the circadian lighting and all of these other things. But also, um, if someone is disabled, there's this incredible technology now that can really give them much more autonomy. And for people that are aging in place, it's really exciting to see that with some of these technologies put into homes, um, either from the beginning, like a smart home complete system, or even afterward, um, people are living in homes that they love a lot longer. And that really gets me juiced up about design because there's so much more than just the beauty. We all know how to do that. That should be the baseline, that, that a, an environment is safe and it's beautiful. But for it to really function completely customized to the person that's living there, what a joy. And I think, too, I saw your room at Kipps Bay. And I think that, um, you know, years ago, you would go into a home that may have been designed and furnished for someone who had a physical challenge or who was older, and you could tell. You know, there's a bar in the shower, and there were certain, you know, certain things, doors were wider. But it was a very specific, this is a home for a specific person. Now, it's all changed. It will look just as beautiful as any other home out there. Yes, because no more, no more technology clinical, has changed that. Yeah. Right, no more right. clinical looking um, environments, which goes back to the dignity that we all want. We all want to feel like we belong. Absolutely. And, you know, and um, yeah, the, the Kipps Bay uh, room was incredible because of so many of the invisible things that that room was wired to do. So the muse for that particular space was a little girl who was in a wheelchair and also nonverbal. And so through these incredible smart home technology programs, we were able to help her um, manipulate things in her room with her eyes. So she spoke through a retinal device. And so connected to Siri or Alexa or a Google Assistant, she could say through her retinal device, raise my shades, That's turn amazing. on my shower, turn off, on and off the lights or her music. It was pretty incredible. That's fascinating. I did not know that when I saw the room. <laughs> wow. It was, it was hard to, we had a video that we would kind of play in my absence. It was hard to be there enough to really explain to people everything that that room could do. 
Um, but it was um, quite a joy to, to be able to experience. We had well over 12,000 people come through the house last year. And I think I met maybe seven or eight of them. And to really tell them what that room did and have people's reactions. And they all wanted to share a story about someone that they loved or had lived with with a challenge. Or even if um, like the plumber, for example, that uh, put in the plumbing for the space, he was an avid snow skier and had had an accident and was he broke both of his ankles on a jump. And so he was in a wheelchair for several months and he really understood what it felt like to not be able to, to be in charge of your own hygiene, you know, to really have yeah. to have a caregiver with you. And he was like, this is really a great thing that you're doing and sharing with people because we're all going to experience disability from time to time throughout our lifetimes or as we age into it. Yes. Unfortunately, we're, we're all aging. <laughs> so, Philip, I know your firm likes to work with natural fibers. Sustainability is a key theme. Talk to me a little bit about wellness, projects you're doing, what that focus is on for you. So, one thing I think that, I've, um, that we've realized as a firm in the last couple of years in particular is that even if it's not a client's like total focus over like sustainability, we're constantly getting people that are coming to us and they have an awareness of wanting the fibers to be natural. Um, they're concerned about how they feel in their home, how um, different products make them feel. They're concerned about like how paint um, and just overall concerned about it because they are spending so much time in their home, just really how that, how that feels. And we're also noticing that there's a huge amount of detail when we're going into like doing the construction documents. People are really thinking, okay, exactly, like they're getting so specific about where things are and how they function and how that's gonna make them feel, you know, down the road and how that happens. And I feel like it's just a general awareness of product now that we maybe haven't seen in the market in the past. And so even, even a client that's not their like total focus, they um, really have this overall awareness of um, wanting to be healthy and wanting to feel good. And um, I think everybody is a lot more aware of um, wanting products that are gonna be long lasting. And I think our society is becoming aware of, you know, not just buying something for the moment, throwing it away. And so that's been huge that I find that a lot of our clients are a lot more like, I'm looking at this for long term, rather than I feel like several years ago, people were like, oh, I'll just buy another rug in two years. So um, that's been huge. And I feel like that really has changed how we resource product. And it's changed kind of how we think about uh, Autumn. If you, you know, if you think about potentially keeping it for the rest of your life and passing it down, you're really gonna be a lot more, you know, deliberate about that decision rather than just running out and grabbing something for a hot second. Yeah, I agree. I have seen a change in terms of people looking for um, heirloom quality pieces because they see it so much more now. You know, again, if I came home from work, you know, I may have a great table that I occasionally look at, but now I'm looking at it all the time and reevaluating and how, how do I feel about it with paint colors. I use a specific paint color. Um, Benjamin Moore, Mystic Beige, and it just makes me happy. I feel calm. I've used it in all my homes. I think everything now is about how do you feel? Do you, are you happy with it? And then the health 
issues going back to paint or finishes. Plaster walls are becoming more popular. They're very, you know, they're much better for you in terms of the breathability. They're actually very healthy. So there's a whole shift in focus, which I really, really like. Now, Christina, I know um, as well, likes to use organic materials, but also is into spatial positioning and feng shui, which I have yet to do, but I'm completely fascinated about it. So, so talk to us about this. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, um, I think years ago, I mean, people would come to us thinking, I want a beautiful space. I want a beautiful home. And then it kind of evolved into how is it going to function? And then now it's evolved into not only how is it going to function, but how is it going to make me feel? And I feel like different homeowners, different clients have different goals, um, whether it is cultural, whether it is um, their family life, whether it's how they entertain. We're playing into all those different um, ways that they live in the spaces. Um, You know, when it comes to feng shui, I mean, there's some people who are very insistent on making sure that the stovetop is located in a certain portion of the house, you know, so it faces the front door. And so that, you know, that's where you're ruling the house, if you will. That's kind of the strong, the stronghold of the home. Um, You know, I see um, we're kind of changing or adding rooms. Um, You know, we used to have one kitchen in our homes. Now we have two. Um, we're seeing there's a dirty kitchen or a catering kitchen, and then there's also our main kitchen. So um, I think that plays into how you mentally live in your home. So, you know, you, you can have your main kitchen for your entertaining purposes, and that's where you present your space. And um, then you put all the, the back-end stuff, the bowls and the, the pots and pans are in your dirty kitchen. And, and, you know, we see that the kitchen is where, you know, the heart of the home. We say that multiple times. But um, also thinking about, you know, the kitchen is not only where we gather, you know, we talk to our clients about who's occupying the space and what's happening in that space. Um, is the is the teenager doing their homework at the kitchen table? Well, we need to think about lighting. We need to think about, you know, table heights. Um, the, you know, what, what are, does the, do the chairs have backs on them? Um, what, where are, um, where are the young children playing? Is there, is it, maybe it's not a dining room anymore. Maybe it's a game room. And we're thinking about colors and, while the house itself may be cohesive, um, you know, we have different purposes for each space. So um, it's kind of an all-inclusive um, way to think about the house in, in function and in space planning and things like that. But it all comes back to um, the everyday, um, starting with the function, and then how do you want to feel in each of those spaces? And, and kind of relating back to you know, the cultural thing and, and, and also um, how you're feeling in different spaces. I mean, we're adding kitchens, we're adding prayer rooms, we're adding meditative spaces, we're adding um, yoga rooms. Um, so we're, we're, there's, there's more rooms or for different purposes. And I think um, it's creating what a true custom home is supposed to be. Um, and we've been saying custom for many, many years, but I think now we're truly getting a custom home um, in our interior design world. Well, I think, and that's a super, super good point. You know, it's not so much about how does a room look anymore, although clearly that's important and that's why there are designers who know what they're doing. But 
how, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel when I wake up? How do I want to feel about the kitchen? Do I have people coming over? Do I, do I have kids? Do I have dogs? Do I want a kitchenette in my bedroom um, or in the office? I put a small kitchenette in my office because I, I don't want to walk through the house to the kitchen to get a coffee to come back to the office because I'm breaking my mindset of the day. I think that's really exciting that clients know now that they can decide what they want. I feel like in the past, designers were seen as like this authority figure and you would hire a designer or buy a spec home and say, well, this is what they put in. So this is what my house looks like. Right. And now I feel like people have permission to say, well, wait a minute. Do I really like this? What would I like to change? Here's how I want to live. And I think design is empowering people. I know that for some designers, it felt like for a while design was getting diluted when big box stores are offering free design services. But in a way, I think it has, in a good way, has made clients um, more interested in design and more well, apt more to relatable. seek it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they want to be educated now and learn. And, and I think COVID has brought that to the forefront. I still think designers are, you know, ultimately have the most knowledge and education on it. But it's nice to see people get involved with what they're doing. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I like the involvement. I like the collaborative process. I mean, there's a fine line. Sometimes I have to really be gentle about why I believe something is better for a client. Um, but in, it, at the end of the day, it is their home. And if it fits them perfectly, instead of necessarily looking like one of my designs, I think that that's where design is going, instead of really having a look, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I think clients don't feel as bound by like you were saying, like you don't have to have a living room if that doesn't function for you. You don't have to have an office. The kitchen can, like you were saying, can look, it can take very different forms. You know, right. you can have a small kitchen and then sort of a functional kitchen. And so I think clients feel now like they have all of these options. And so I, I almost feel like sometimes that we're more important as designers than in the past because it's not this cookie cutter preset notion of what a house should be. You are listening to Designing for Wellness from the West Edge Design Fair. We'll be right back. I know you love talking about great partnerships the same way I do. Let me tell you about an incredible design partner who is working with us on the Convo by Design Remote Design House Tulsa project, Franz Wigner. A company created in 1899 in Attendorn, Germany. They started manufacturing brass beer taps. In 1921, the company expanded to Buenos Aires manufacturing brass faucetry. The company launched in the U.S. in 1992, and Franz Wigner Premium Collection began in 2008. Franz Wigner crafts high-quality premium faucets with the objective to create a design-oriented luxury product that exceeds the standards set by world-class designers and architects. Pretty heady stuff, and they do it. If you see a Franz Wigner faucet, it is stunning. You use Franz Wigner faucets, and they perform flawlessly. Product you can depend on after over 120 years designing a truly stunning faucet line. For more information and to check out the entire line of faucets, visit FranzWigner.com. So I'm going to spell it for you, right? <laughs> F-R-A-N-Z-V-I-E-G-E-N-E-R.com. Thank you, Franz Wigner. I think that also kind of helps our creativity, too. I mean, it, I think sometimes, you know, a homeowner will say to me, 
you know, Christina, uh, we have this extra space. This is how we live our life. What do we do with it? Well, you know, we have an extra room and it's like, oh, okay, well, what can we do with it? I mean, does it turn into a pool table room? Is it a bar? Is it a place where you can go and relax and shut the door and hide from your kids? I mean, it really helps to, um, it's fun that the clients are thinking outside the box and what else can we do and how can we make this more personal? And I think that helps our creativity as well as to, you know, this could be anything. Well, for sure. And I was thinking about what we said earlier about autonomy with people that are disabled, but for all clients to have choices, it, it creates um, this sense of well-being. I believe it still relates to health and wellness because you're now seeing your home as a true sanctuary, as a place where you can have pleasure, where you can meditate, where you can work out, where your bathroom may now be upgraded to more like a spa. You know, and so you're doing more in your home, but you're also enjoying it more and you're learning how to really relax and, and reduce that stress. And we know that that increases health and wellness. It boosts our immune system when we're in a happy place that really works for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, please come and make my bathroom a spa. <laughs> ASAP. So um, in terms of projects you're working on right now, can you expand a little bit and give us Give us a tease of something that's happening right now with you, especially with wellness or smart home, since I'm fascinated with smart home technology at the moment and thought I never would be. Yeah, so I'm doing some really interesting projects, um, but one, um, I'm building a home in Colorado for myself and um, really wanting this home to sort of be in line with what I'm preaching at, at, at Acorn and Oak. And um, one of the things we're doing is a circadian lighting system. So the lighting in the house will consistently replicate the lighting that's outside. And so what that does is when we see light, we get impulses through our eyes um, that give our brain signal about what we're supposed to do. So when we see bright blue light that's similar to morning light, it makes us feel alert and we know it's time to be up. That's why everyone says, don't look at blue light at night because your brain is thinking, wait, I'm seeing blue light, it's morning, it's time to be alert. And then as the sun, you know, changes position in the sky, the light will continue to get warmer. And so sunset is a really warm light. And so at night, the lighting will automatically change to a different temperature and a different hue. It'll be, have a little bit more orange and red to it. And, and so I just think that's really exciting because it is affecting your health and your sleep patterns. I mean, if you're not sleeping, you're not well. Right, absolutely. And no one wants to be around me if I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I think there's a lot, a lot of insomnia going on these days. And I'm I think lighting is a big to, part. Uh, kind of to tag on to you, I'm curious as to how does that affect, um, you know, the paint colors and some of the design materials Good that you're selecting? Good question. Yeah. Well, I, I'll have to see. I mean, it's something new that I'm looking into and it, and it will change. You're right. So probably we're, we'll have to do samples all over the room in, in different parts that, you know, but that, but that happens naturally For too sure. when you've For got... Sure big open windows and um, you know we all know that if you have a lot of green outside it can change the color but um, yeah it's really exciting to see all of these smart home technology um, aspects and how it's going to change our mood there's so much of design that's subliminal and subconscious and I believe that um, you know really big companies like Apple and Target and Starbucks I mean they're always manipulating our senses subconsciously 
I don't know if you all know this, but Starbucks actually does have a patented coffee smell, a scent that they put in their HVAC systems. It's not just it the works. coffee they're brewing. <laughs> yeah, it works. And, and, and so um, we're always being manipulated by our senses. And now as designers and people in this industry, we can use those, those techniques to really boost how people feel in their spaces to their advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, when you talked about circadian lighting, and it reminded me of Donald Kaufman, the renowned colorist. Um, and I studied with him briefly. And his philosophy was that wherever you live, the outside colors that you find, for instance, if you're in North Carolina and there's a lot of red clay in the dirt, bring that into the house. So you don't want you know, bright yellow in a North Carolina home, which has nothing to do with the outside. He really believed in terms of calmness when you're entering a home that the outside colors need to then float to the inside so you transition very smoothly into it. As, as the lighting happens as well. So it's a very subliminal message of being comfortable. I love that. And also, that kind of reminds me of like regional architecture and making sure the architecture sort of fits into the scenery that it's in. And also, um, you know, you were talking about how much you guys, you like na natural elements and those, that biophilic principle of how drawn we are to nature and how we're, we have a pre... A, we're predisposed to be attractive to, attracted to things in nature. Um, natural elements are a big part of that subliminal piece. Oh, absolutely. And I, I see, and I'm sure, Philip, you do too, um, where people say, I want to feel where the outside's inside. You know, and so it's, you know, how do you do that without physically bringing plants in? I mean, which is also a very good thing. But, you know, we're using a lot of stone in areas that we may not have before, or we're using a lot of more natural tones of wood um, where it's not everything is painted. Um, trying to get, you know, creative in other elements of bringing, you know, the natural land, um, you know, the earth, wind, and fire type um, idea of bringing those elements into the home. And what does that look like? And how does that um, work in the space? And, and what are those materials? It's nice to see, and it's also nice to see from the perspective of just, um, you know, glo the global environment. And, you know, resin and plastic has a, has a place in modernism, of course, but I feel like organic materials, especially like as you talked about, Philip, with, with your firm using those, it's, it's nice for nature. We have plenty of them. And if done properly and, and you do your research on it, it's so much better to be using organic. Philip, are you working on any particular project right now where you're really focused on that? So what's what's kind of interesting that's, that's happened to our firm in the last year, um, we have a lot of new construction projects. And in, we have three cases right now where the clients have come to us and they're like, this is the house that we're gonna live in for the rest of our lives. And so in, in, in all three cases, these are builds that are going to be probably like a two-year long-term um, project, like a larger project. And what's interesting about that is when someone comes to tell you that, I mean, it's exciting from a design perspective because you know that you're really going to be able to do your best work because it's, you know, a long-term vision. But also it comes into play when you're thinking about someone who may be young now, but this is a forever house. 
So there, there are those planning that goes into it as far as like imagining how are the people going to age? How are, how's the family going to change? And so I feel like that's made us have a totally different perspective on how we're designing as opposed to just, oh, I'm going to make this space beautiful. We're really thinking about um, how long-term that's going to work for the particular client. Is there like a specific example you can cite on that? Like whether it be in the bathroom or the bedroom or is it about counter heights or as you age and not being as flexible as you once were to get into the shower, et cetera? So it was was funny. This week we were actually having a conversation with, it was myself and the architect and the clients. We were having a conversation and we were planning the bath, the bath space. And so, and which is connected to the closet. And so we were having the conversation about how she wanted it for now and then how she wanted it to function because she knew in like six years there were going to be grandkids. And then she was like, and then as I age, she was like, she was experiencing like her mother's in a wheelchair. And she was like, so how am I going to function when I'm in that point? And we ended up moving like the elevator core like into a totally different position in the house. But it was funny, like, I mean, this is something that may probably, and they're they're fairly young, this is probably 25 years down the road, but they were really thinking about that from a a layout and a design perspective, which which is exciting that, you know, to have people and being able, you know, to think through projects to that level, so. I love that, that really is exciting. I wish we could talk to builders too about just pre-blocking, doing things that are universal design principles be f- like from the beginning so we don't have to consistently remodel. Just a block for grab bars would be excellent. And to, yeah. and to take those 26-inch doorways and just move them to a 36-inch doorway right. would be right. incredible. You know, just small things. And that's really smart about the elevator. That's exciting that yeah. they are forward thinkers and, like that. And we even, like in one instance, there was a closet that was going to be a closet now, but we're like, okay, but we put plumbing, they were like, oh, but we're going to plan for plumbing in this location. And the makeup vanity was going to be lower plumbing planned for the future. And I just don't feel like, I mean, I, I don't feel like that I've had clients in the past that have been that focused on like aging in place. Yeah. Well, what's exciting too about that is just in case it isn't their forever home, because we know life happens, the next family that moves in has a more universal option. And we also know that so many people now are multi-generational living. You were talking about a lot about culture mm-hmm. and with our world getting so much more diverse, it's exciting to be thinking about different cultures that are using designers and um, learning about how a lot of other cultures live with multi-generations in one, in one home. Absolutely, yeah. Christina, do you feel that with your projects, and feel free to talk about a current project that, if you like, but that your clients are doing that or looking at their home and saying to you, we're going to live here. This is our forever home where we used to, like I, I used to move around every four years, but now may, and maybe it's because of COVID. I, I do kind of have a feeling of wanting to be more settled permanently. I am. I'm seeing quite a bit of people saying it is going to be more permanent. Um, and so when we get the opportunity to work with them as early as possible, we do put on our floor plans or on our construction drawings, block for grab bars or you know we'll make vanities where they are built in sections so you know maybe it's not one full vanity piece but 
over time, the middle section could be removed at the um, at the sink space so that a wheelchair could wheel into that. So we're we're thinking about some of those things. Um, it's hard to think completely. I mean, into the future because you do want to. Um, you know that it's not always the case. I mean, you're not always. You know, it's not a for sure thing, as you said. But we really try to make it as um, you know, thinking ahead as much as we can, um, and and um, addressing you know all the needs that that the homeowner is asking for. I think what we do at the very beginning is when we work on an initial floor plan, we sit with the homeowner, and I always say, "Give me a tour of the home." And this is before walls are built, before we've drawn anything, before anything has even happened. Um, I will say, give me a tour of their home, of your home. And they look at me kind of like, well, what do you mean? But my intention is if you are going to host somebody at your home, whether it's a party, whether it's just, you know, a single person coming to, to um, you know, have a, a glass of tea or, or wine, um, what are they going to feel? How are they? What are they going to experience? What's the flooring? What's what's the lighting? Um, what what are these um, emotions that they are going to experience in every room? Who is occupying these rooms? And then that kind of then leads me into the next set of questions: as okay, well, if your um, in-laws will be staying here, what are their ages? What you know are are they? Um, you know, capable to utilize this bathroom as it is drawn, or do we need to think about that? Do we need to add a shower seat? Do we need to add a bench in the closet? Do we need to, you know, we start to ask more specific questions per room um, as they kind of give me this fanciful tour. And then oftentimes we change things because of this tour they're giving me, um, you know, on the plan. So then that goes into that next step or as we say our next layer into what is it going to look like and then um, what are the materials that go on it but it all very much stems from um, you know the initial planning and um, developing in kind of being as forward thinking as we can um, to those next um, age mm -hmm. you know uh, times in our lives uh, moving forward. I love that for um you know, two reasons. I love smart home technology. Everything we're doing is getting better and better. However, I also love the idea of asking all of these questions with your client because, you know, if a, if a designer said to me, what do you have to have in your bathroom? It would be a window. I grew up with a window in my shower and I loved it. I, I, I can remember the wind coming in, the smell of the outdoors coming in while I was showering, you know, jasmine. Like it, it, and it evokes a memory that makes me feel good. And so really getting to know the client is a huge leap with wellness and feeling calm. How do you all work with taking the interiors and then going outside so that there's that flow? What are you doing? Well, everybody loves the concept of inside and out, you know, kind of blurring that boundary, which I do as well. Um, I also think it's important just to mention, oh, we're talking a lot about aging, but while we're the age that we are, there are so many cool things that we can be doing for health, I think, in the house while we're living there. And um, one would just be really looking at our air quality and our water quality. I mean, things are changing in the world now. And, yes, um, absolutely. 
why are we not proposing to our clients, or maybe you all are, I'm curious, um, whole home water filtration systems, um, better HVAC systems with better filters. I've recently, because of COVID, come in contact with a couple of companies now that are doing these um, UV light air purifiers that can kill any virus or bacteria floating in the air. So if you're recovering from cancer or you're, you were born compromised in any way, um, there are so many cool things now that we can do that actually emulate fresh air. You know, supposedly our indoor air quality is usually up to five or ten times more polluted than our, than our outdoor air. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I always feel like opening windows is important. Having consistent, fresh yeah. ventilation is always super important. And then we talked about just seeing nature. Our, um, our hearing, too, is attached to memory. You were yes, saying you smell yes. the jasmine, but... I found out in some study of biophilia that our most, the most relaxing sound that human beings can listen to is birdsong. And that's because when we were cavemen back in the day and the birds were singing, we knew that we were safe because all was well. And when the birds stopped singing, usually there was like a predator near. And so we would kind of jump in, yeah, we jump into fight or flight. So, you know, even in the Kips Bay room, we had like birdsong in the background. Um, so it's just really fun to kind of blur that indoor-outdoor because I think, again, it might be subliminal and it's also very conscious that it's fun to feel like you're having an outdoor shower or you're, you know, being able Which to... Which I love. Yeah, and you're being able to eat al fresco outside. I'm sure you guys do a lot of indoor-outdoor, the big glass sliders now. And Right. I feel like now we have the technology to where all that automation and moving walls and it, it can be sort of indoor-outdoor. So... It's our inaugural launch. We're thrilled to be in Dallas. My question is, you've walked the show. What has been one of your favorite things that you've seen? I'll start with Christina. On, um, at the show and, and why? And how does it pertain to wellness if, if it does? What I've seen is some really great artwork. I think that they're doing, um, utilizing unusual materials to create artwork as well. So I think that sparks some creativity inside myself. And you know, how can we use other materials to be something else? Um, so I think that that's been something that's really drawn my attention here as to seeing all the different forms of creativity in um, new and unusual ways that are going to be really well spoken to um, for different clients' homes. Yeah, and I think it's it's so important because often um, in cities, Dallas, if you have four hundred thousand as a budget, you know you'll hear a client say, "Well, I'm going to put three hundred thousand in art, and then we'll put the rest into furniture." And you're like, "Okay, now that doesn't it doesn't work like that." So to show the combination is nice and it, it's a it's a 50 50 I mean it's they both work off each other so it's important to realize that uh, Philip what about you I saw a beautiful um, hardware line as I was walking in and it, it's actually a line that we use quite often but I hadn't had the opportunity to see such like an overall scope I've just seen a piece or two so that's interesting so even I think even for us that are, are in the industry constantly and shopping constantly it sometimes need to just see a, a little bit bigger perspective of what's going on so that's been great I've seen really interesting forever materials, lots of stone, and I love, we were talking about the fossil pieces of stone with fossils embedded that are being made into furniture and art, which is really interesting. And also, um, there's a tile company here that's doing a terrazzo type product, 
but in a green way. No more of those old stinky epoxy uh, materials. And so there's a lot of um, interesting, more sustainable and green product here too, which I'm enjoying seeing. Yeah, a Green River Fossil Company, which um, are friends of mine. I've known them for many, many years. And, you know, uh, clearly fossils are millions and millions and millions of years old. It's, it's difficult to comprehend how old they are. But if you take it and put it into a modern home and, and you know, it's a nice balance and reminds you of what we're about and brings you back again to nature, this feeling we all want to be one with nature, so um, I agree with you there. It's, it's a nice mix. This has been an incredible experience, and I look forward to it resuming again next year. And um, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank fun. you, guys. It's thank been you. really, it's really been interesting. Thank you. I'm going to see each of you for my new spa bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Thank you, Shelly, Christina, Philip, and Brenda for guiding us through this fantastic chat. Thank you, West Edge Design Fair, and to all of you who came to the show, thank you to Convo by Design partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Article Furniture, York Wall Coverings, Moya Living, and Franz Wigner for your continued support. Of course, thank you for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the show. Thank you for all the emails of support and the guest submissions. I love them, and it has allowed me to find some amazing talent to showcase. Please remember why you do what you do and for whom you do it. Designers, architects, artists, product designers, showroom managers, publicists, magazine editors, publishers, set decorators, and everyone else that makes our industry stronger by the day, this show is for you. That's why I do it. Thanks for listening. Be well, and take today first.